Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the FT Advisor podcast, where each week we are joined by guests from the financial services world to discuss the most pressing industry issues. I'm Rachel Mortimer and this is another socially distanced podcast episode, so please do bear with us on the sound quality. At the time of recording, the government has taken another step on the economic road to recovery following the coronavirus crisis, with shops reopening to customers just yesterday. But as the UK creeps closer to some semblance of normality following the pandemic, should we be giving thought to what permanent changes the crisis may have prompted in the advice industry and what could be done to strengthen the sector's future? So time to introduce my three guests this week. I am joined by Neil Moles, Chief Executive of Progeny, Martin Brown, Managing Partner at Continuum, and Victor Sachs, Principal at VS Associates. Thank you all for joining me today. So... Putting obvious remote working aside, let's consider the biggest changes we've seen in the industry during lockdown. Um, Victor, your firm is a one-man band, so I'll come to you first. Any particular changes of note you've witnessed over the past few months? As in the industry, it's the the inability to conduct face-to-face financial reviews. And that becomes a challenge for me, I'm 55. I don't, you know, I'm, I, I'm new to this game, but equally, my clients um, are. I'm, I'm fortunate. My clients are kind of in the in the main range of 30 to 60, but I've got some 70 year olds who don't know how to use technology, and if anything, they have, uh, as well as a combination of shielding, um, that a lot of them in that age group have said, look, until you're able to come over. We actually don't want to discuss over a computer system or via WhatsApp. We want to meet you face to face. So do whatever you need to do, but we're not going to conduct a meeting over uh, the internet. So yeah, that that part of it has been has been a challenge. I don't know how the other guys have got on with similar aged clients. Sure, sure. Neil, anything anything along those lines? From I know you're a bit of a bigger company, but have you sort of had those same issues? Um. Yes, without a doubt. I think certain clients embrace technology and, you know, are they the younger generation? I don't think it's an age thing. I think some clients get technology, some don't. But quite simply, it's the only way people can communicate with the families right now or certainly at the start of lockdown. So, you know, we've kind of we've kind of rode that wave. And ultimately, you know, clients have had to embrace WhatsApp, Zoom, all these wonderful things that never existed. Some clients didn't have an iPad, couldn't turn one on. And, And we still have those challenges today. So we're kind of, in a way, piggybacking that. You know, we're not driving the change. We're just responding to it and letting clients know that if you want to communicate that way, we can do. We have the ability. You know, we, we, we use WebEx, so, you know, the only end-to-end encrypted software. So we can convince them that it's safe and it's a safe way, safe way to share screens and data if we need to. But absolutely right. I completely agree with Victor. There are certain clients out there that just don't want that. It's alien. Why should I? I want to see you. I always have. Mm. So, you know, when we look at the future of financial planning, yes, I think it will change a lot, but there will still be an element of of clients, quite rightly, who deserve and want face-to-face advice. Others will be quite happy with this screen-to-screen. Sure. And Martin, do you think that technology will have a, a permanent place going forward more in your company? Yeah, I, I certainly think it will. I think technology for some time now has formed an, an essential integral part of most financial services businesses. Not everybody uh, adapts to technology, clients and advisors alike. But um, interestingly enough, when when we've experienced in the last week a 90-year-old 
uh, conducting a face-to-face review via video conferencing uh, with uh, two members of their family in different parts of the country and thoroughly enjoying it and thoroughly embracing it. Uh, you, you do realize that people are perhaps a lot more adaptable than we first think. Uh, but we've, I think the whole of the nation has moved dramatically over the last three months to more use of technology just to stay in touch with family. Um, and um, I, I think more and more clients are coming around to that need. You'll still get the clients who want to do face-to-face um, or even deal with um, the advice over the phone. But I think there is more of a deeper appreciation of being able to deal with things remotely means that you're able to have more quality focused time with the clients rather than spending too much time in the car traveling and and, and wasting time so i think our our interviews have been conducting have been a lot more deeper uh and more relationship based over the last few months than probably ever 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 before and martin what's the response been from your clients has the crisis had a lasting impact on that relationship between advisor and client and and has that been a positive one have, have generally clients responded to the crisis quite well i i think on the whole um they, they have i think we're in a very fortunate uh sector in so much as when times are good we're in demand when times are bad we're in demand um we probably like an awful lot of people had to adapt very quickly we, we put in training for our advisors we actually put in training for our clients and sent them out training communications um, and people have adapted adapted very well. Um, I think there'll be some clients that will permanently want to deal with us remotely, um, but also as well, we know that there's some clients uh, dying to see that. Well, we had a client uh, last week that engaged with one of our advisors face-to-face in their back garden. Um, so, and, and that was a joy for them and a joy for him. And uh, um, I, th- I think the the biggest thing out of all of this is uh, advisors and clients and businesses um, should be forging deeper, lasting relationships. That's from what we've what we've seen anyway. Sure. And Neil, does that resonate with with you and what you've seen too? Yeah, I completely agree with Martin's comments there, Rachel. I think you have to look at the the wider world as well in all of this and look beyond financial services. You know, ultimately, the world is a lot closer than it ever has been. It's mm-hmm. embraced technology. You know, I promise you a hug would be more important now than even a haircut for a lot of people. <laughs> and, you know, a haircut would be good, don't get me wrong. But, you know, so the, the world's embraced technology. You know, we're all talking to, to friends, not a lot more, but in different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're coming together in, in different ways. And I think that's really important. And, you know, society mm-hmm. at some point has to pause and work out what it wants post-COVID. Does it want to go mm-hmm. back to the way the world was? Or do we want to embrace this, this new way of working and perhaps living? Okay, there's, mm-hmm. there's still a desire to go back to certain things. A hug and a haircut being the two primary, mm-hmm. you know, focuses for a lot of people right now. <laughs> These are not personal issues, but, you know, um, <laughs> I think... It's a safe space, Neil, it's fine. <laughs> is that okay? Um, that's, that's, that's appreciated. And I think, you know, as a, as a business, just take it to that point. We're closer than we've ever been to our clients. We're communicating not two or three or four times a year, but as often as we want. We can press a button and we can be in their living room. Mm. Quite mm. frightening. Um, and the same when we're communicating with, as a business. You know, we, we, we employ around 160 people um, as part of the team. And only once a year would I get to stand up and address them at the annual conference. Mm. Now we have a company meeting every fortnight. 
we can communicate better than we've ever communicated. Yeah. We're not relying on you know historic communication channels and line management. I can talk directly to, to all the team members. I can talk directly to every client with videos and communication. So yeah, I think the world has changed for the better. Sure. And Victor, from a smaller firm, is, is, is that similar to what you've seen? Yeah, very much so. I, um, I'm reaching out more to my clients than, than you know, I've ever done before. I send out a bi-weekly uh, email to all just to touch in. And yes, as the Michael McIntyre video says, you know, I'm signing off and with stay safe now. Um, and, and just, you know, just reaching out, I think from my business, um, I'm, I'm up in Cambridgeshire and Whereas before you'd kind of try and limit yourself to maybe an hour, hour and a quarter. My business is four years old. I'm still trying to grow and 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 bring clients on. And you would put a geographical restriction on. And mm-hmm. what what Zoom teams, whatever, WebEx has taught taught teaching me is that actually it doesn't matter. As long as you can be who you are and you can come across on screen. Um, you can do just as good a job, if not a better job, because the phone call or video call tends to be more focused. There's nothing you can ask how things are and what's going on and, oh, that's a lovely painting on the wall. But you you tend to be more it, – it creates more of a business vibe and you can talk more about clients' hopes, dreams, aspirations more than you can in a, a person's home. So it brings more sharper focus an hour on a Zoom call is so is, is more like three hours um, when you're meeting up with a client. And now geographically, it doesn't matter. So maybe all of us can help more close that gap um, in 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 those clients needing and, and requiring financial advice. Sure, sure. And moving away from the client focus then into advice firms as a business. So we all know that the FCA last week sent out a survey to thousands of firms to sort of test the financial health of the industry. What is there going to be a serious impact from this crisis on the, the financial health of firms themselves and, and not just the clients, but as businesses? You know, once the, the government schemes start to run out at the end of this year, can we, can we expect to see redundancies across the sector? What's the sort of um, the, the feeling that you're getting from that? Victor, I'll come back to you on that one. Um, obviously, as a one person business um i'm unlikely to to sack myself and hopefully that um that that won't happen um certainly all i can look at is the 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 twitter um you know the 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 guys and girls that i'm connected to on twitter um a lot of them couldn't those who were asked to complete couldn't see the point um of the survey which you've um you know alluded to um I can't see. I'll be amazed. Uh, I guess the only people who may find struggle are those who've grown grown too fast. Yeah. Um, where they've taken on, maybe they've acquired loads. I don't know, but I would imagine anyone that's gone too hard, too fast at this time will find themselves with too many people and not enough clients. There's bound to be a number of clients that maybe post would have not enjoyed the roller coaster ride that COVID has presented to their investment portfolio. And there may be some clients who now be looking to go, well, am I there or thereabouts at my starting level? I'm out. So we could start seeing clients leave our business. Um, and if you've grown hard, grown fast, taken on loads of people, 
you could find that you're overstaffed and you haven't got those clients to service. That's purely from me looking on the outside. Neil Martin probably got a better view on it than I have. Neil, you're nodding your head there. <laughs> yeah, it was the, the survey was interesting. And, you know, there was one, one question I thought was very pertinent in there, which was, have you furloughed any, any staff members? Mm. Um, a very interesting question. And, you know, we've got to look at why they're asking that question. Ultimately, our clients still being provided with a service in these times. And I think that's important. I think to Victor's point, you know, client, clients will look at us. We will be judged in the future as to how we responded in these times. And so will the industry change? Yes, of course it will. You know, Victor's point is exactly correct. We've seen the major consolidators already furlough people. In my humble opinion, and I will be controversial, that is putting shareholders ahead of clients, quite simply. Um, and the, you know, the HMRC came out over the weekend with the, the amended finance bill and confirmed that if you were furloughed people and you make profit at the end of the year, you potentially have a problem. Mm. So ignoring those types of businesses, and I agree, maybe they've grown too fast. It's a different business model. We all have different business models. I think what this will all teach everyone, clients are going to look at advisors differently in the future. How did they respond through the pandemic? Did they act responsibly? Did they look after me? Mm. And you know, did they engage with me or did they run and hide? Mm. And I think, you know, whether you, know, you are a one-person firm or a 50-, 60-person advisory practice, clients are going to look at your profitability going forward and your balance sheet. They're going to want to know that in these times, if, if they come again, and who knows, that you are going to be able to look after them and support them properly as they are paying you to, not run for the hills and furlough people. And, mm. you know, that's where, you know, super fast growth businesses potentially will let people down um, as, as opposed to those businesses that are sound built on good foundations with a good balance sheet who can, can continue to to support clients of course yeah yeah martin i can't see you but i'm hearing some agreement there yeah no there's nothing i don't disagree with what's been said i thought the the these further support government gave to the, the country was superb. but i think anybody in financial services that took the photo scheme, it really questions their financial integrity and the security of any financial service business. There's been some extremely large businesses that have followed an awful lot of their staff and, it, and, it, and, it, and it, it does question their moral stance as to uh, how they run their business when, when clearly they are making profit. Um, and why is there a need to furlough staff at a time when clients are, are needing their backup and support of their financial advisor more than ever. You know, yes, they're naturally concerned about their health, but closely behind that is, is their financial provisions. Um, you know, we, we've extended our wellbeing program uh, out to all our clients, and we've been very pleased with that. But the survey that that, that came in, uh, you're absolutely right, Neil. That that I, I hope that the uh, industry does something with that simple question: is have you followed staff? If they have, then those businesses surely need to be scrutinised uh, and looked at as to how they're how they're running their business model. Because um, you know it's, it's far too easy just to switch off and and furlough staff. We, uh, interesting enough, we have seen a huge um, upsurge in direct client inquiries that have come into our business via. Uh, through our website, through Google search engines, and, and in probably around about 60% of the uh, times we're asking clients, why have you been seeking financial advice? Uh, they're saying that I haven't been able to get out of my financial advisor. 
So I, I do I do wonder what has happened during this time. And uh, I think also, as my last point, I think it will also just bring into question the great debate on employed advisors versus self-employed advisors as to whether there'll be more of a move towards self-employed as opposed to employed moving forward. I, I, I don't know the answer to that, but I think it will it will come around again. Sure. Going from your point there, Martin, on clients contacting you and saying that they hadn't been able to contact their own advisor, do you think there'll be scope here for, for the FCA to look into that a little bit deeper, as you say, scrutinise them to actually to double check how firms uh, uh, looked after their clients, potentially even you know vulnerable clients as well through this time? Do you think that's something that some firms might might be reprimanded for later on in this year or maybe next year? Well, I think I think it's high on the agenda anyway because I think the um uh the noise that we see coming out of the regulators they always question whether clients are getting uh true value for the service fee they're paying uh and it's already been muted that they'll they'll be looking very closely at how um, the advice distribution was delivering their service proposition during this time when they haven't been able to see clients face to face and and dare i say uh, knowing this great society we live in, there'll be a few claims company popping up sooner rather than later. So <laughs> whether they've been getting their fees and 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 servicing, should you be switching off their fees? So no, I think I think to be quite frank, if you haven't found a way to completely service your clients during these periods, um, then you're 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 going to have an impact both commercially and regulatory wise. Sure. I mean, you say about the the, the CMCs there, and, and and a lot of people have been warning for a while now that post PPI there is another another mis-selling scandal on its way. Could coronavirus have something to do with that, Victor O'Neill? Do, do you have any thoughts on that? Wow. Um, <laughs> we are such a litigious. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, we're such a litigious society, and I know my next client that I could take on board could end up being my last one. Um, and, and that's you know it just keeps you on your toes and keeps you thinking um yeah i, I, I wouldn't rule anything out um i'm always looking at the i can't believe the amount of scamming phoenixes that that we see in in our profession mm -hmm. and, and i'll still refer to us as a profession because we don't make anything so i don't think we can be an industry but that's just my that's my my creed occur um they just it just seems at the moment I'm going off piste and probably going off on another topic that if we're good, if we're regulated, we're right for the FCA to come and have a dig around and see what's going on. If we're not regulated, if we've got unethical behaviours about us, then we can find a way to get in, get under, scam, get the money out, shut our business down and we're gone. And all that we see is PII and FSCS levies just keep escalating and we're all standing there just paying out more and more and more and all I can hope is one day that a us as a um, a profession unite that under Maslow's hierarchy of stage one of getting everybody to go to regulated advisors once everyone's doing that then we can argue about SJP fee versus percentage fixed fee against ongoing whatever but we've got to unite from yourselves from FT right away through the piece to just say regulated advice is the best way forward that then helps drive down pii that then helps drive down fscs that helps the uh, the closing of the advisor gap we can help more people because our cost and fees aren't always going up year on year
that to me, out of all of this, that's my biggest concern. Yeah, Rachel, can I just come back on two points? Yeah, of course. I think, first of all, Victor, Martin, I agree with everything that you said. I think now's the time to stand up. Now's the time to come together and create a profession. And, you know, having grown up in this industry for the last 20 years or so, we have, we're not a profession because we're, we're quite happy to steal clients from each other and do it on a, you know, a non-ethical basis. Accountants, lawyers don't do that. So let's come together. Let's share best practice. Let's share educational resource. There's enough clients out there. We don't need to pinch them from each other. In fact, the more we educate the wider public, the more clients there will be. Yep. So let's take time to do it together. And, you know, that's really important for me and something we're reaching out to a lot of firms now to try and try and do. My second point is, and again, it's going away from the subject, Rachel, so my apologies. And it's, it's fine looking at how advice firms have responded through this crisis. And we are very much, you know, talking to clients on a daily basis. You know, we are in their face. We're on their screen. OK, where I feel most let down is the response from the providers. In, in how they've responded to this. We've had to take calls from clients. We've had to speak to them. We wanted to. We've been proactively doing that. How many providers just turned off the phone lines? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just left the email yeah, yeah. Sorry, that is pathetic. Yeah. They are still charging their fees. They're not delivering the service to us or the clients. Yet, we have to deliver the service. We are delivering the service. We're proactively delivering the service. They were not ready for it. And I accept that nobody had a business continuity plan for COVID. I get that. That's fine. But all the firms I've talked to have responded amazingly well, embracing technology, reaching out to all of the clients. Providers need to look in the mirror, a very big mirror, and look at why they were not prepared, why they were not able to, to process business inquiries fast enough and support the people that support them, which is ultimately the clients. Yeah, yeah. well said. Great. Well, I'm afraid we've run out of time, but Neil, that point, I'm sure advisors, a lot of them are going to agree with you on, and certainly Victor and, and Martin seem to agree with you as well. So so thank you for that. But 20 minutes has absolutely flown by. Thank you so much for joining me all today. Um, and to everyone else, thank you for listening to the FT Advisor podcast, and you can tune in next week for another episode. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.